My name is Heather Vance. I'm a lieutenant with Prince William County Police Department. I am the co-responder unit supervisor and the CIT coordinator. What inspired you to become a police officer? You know, I've been asked that a few times over my career, um, and it I don't really have an answer. It's something that I've always been called to. Um, my dad was, um, he worked for the FBI, and so I had kind of that going for me, but um, I really loved my school resource officer and the DARE officer at, at that time. <laughs> We're going way back, and uh, I just, it's something that I've always wanted to do. Can you tell me a little bit about the CIT uh, program? Sure. So crisis intervention um, is a, a, a training program to help law enforcement um, identify um, mental illness or behavioral um, issues going on with someone that's related to, you know, an uh, intellectual or developmental disability and identifying when, when people are in crisis and then how to handle that, how to help them through the crisis, communicate with them in a safe um, way and get them to, you know, either treatment or connecting them to other services or resources in the county. So crisis intervention training is a five-day training class, um, all for <clears throat> law enforcement. And it's really 65% mental health training. So we have our partners with community services come and provide a lot of the training. Yeah. And in Prince William County, they're working on a future crisis receiving center. Uh, how is something like that going to help, you know, police in mental health situations? We are so excited for this crisis receiving center. Um, it will be the first of its kind in the state and something that we as law enforcement have never seen before or unfamiliar with. And so I, I had the opportunity to go out and tour um, two locations in Arizona that we're um, mimicking our program after. And I've been able to come back and share with people how amazing this place is going to be. And as far as law enforcement, Right now, as it stands, I'm sure you're aware that it is taking a long time to find bed spaces for individuals who are in a crisis and, and need that longer term care. And so since they aren't going to, you know, a, a, a facility for treatment, they're being handcuffed and detained and secured in hospital beds in the emergency room for as long as it takes to find them a bed space somewhere. And law enforcement are sitting with these individuals throughout the entire time. And so we see the suffering that they are going through and not getting treatment, not getting the services that they really desperately need. And on the other side, we're also, um, you know, we're, we're sitting with these individuals in a process that really law enforcement, we try really hard to be out of, right? This is mental health, it's not criminal. Um, and we've been kind of forced to be in this position and uh, through the laws and everything. So when the crisis receiving center opens up, that's the place for these individuals to go. We bring them there and they're immediately receiving care. And so 
one, we don't have to sit with them and, you know, have this, you know, cop sitting with them for days on end. Um, and they're, they're, they don't have to get medical clearance to go into this facility because right now most places in the state require medical clearance. And so you have to take all that time to get cleared and then wait for a bed space. But the way that this CRC is supposed to work is that it's with the mindset that most crises can be um, stabilized within 23 hours. And so that's with the immediate care and treatment. Um, right now we don't have that because they're not getting immediate care and treatment. They're waiting. And so when they go into the CRC and they get that immediate care, and most of the time they're going to be stabilized and released from the hospital. And I want, I do want to make clear that right now I'm talking about involuntary treatment for individuals who are in crisis. And so right now, if, if someone is being held on a temporary detention order, you know, that's for 72 hours, well, they could be feeling better within, you know, 23 hours, but they've got to stay in, in custody until they're hearing. Um, but when this facility opens, a physician will be able to release them a lot sooner. Um, and, and after that, they've received all the, the care that they need and set up, uh, you know, follow-up plans for them. So, um, for the law enforcement side, I'm sorry, I digress. Cause I'm just super excited about the CRC. I can't wait for it. It's going to be so helpful for our community, but for law enforcement, it takes us out of the process. And so, um, we don't have to sit there and watch these individuals suffering for days or sometimes weeks. We get them to the, to the facility and drop them there less than 10 minutes and we're out and we're back on the street handling criminal calls for service rather than um, persons in crisis. Have you seen the stigma of just talking about mental health lessening? I definitely think that stigma is starting. It has already started to wear down, which is a huge proponent of the crisis intervention. We, we are trying to break down the stigma that, um, you know, has been there for so many years where, you know, people think negatively of others who do seek treatment and do seek services for their mental well-being. Um, so that's a huge proponent of what we teach is we, we need to treat mental illness just like any other medical illness. You know, it's, you know, you should be getting checkups regularly with your doctor um, for, for medical stuff, just like you should be doing so with, with your mental wellness. Um, and, you know, if you broke your arm, you would go to the hospital and get it fixed. You know, just like there might be something going on with, with your brain, you got to go get it fixed. Um, and that's okay. And it's, it's normal. And um, so in the short time that I've been in this position um, for two years, I have definitely seen um, that stigma wear down, which is really great to see. And even in my career, I've been here 21 years it's completely different than what it was 20 years ago, thank thankfully. Um, so yeah, I do think that that the more training is out there, the more awareness, um, the more normalizing it has really done a really good job with opening doors for people to feel safe to come forward and, and get help. And then as uh, police officers, you know, they're dealing with some people's worst days. And, you know, they kind of have to shut it off. But how important is them to have 
their own support system to take care of their own mental health? I, I thank you so much for that question. I really appreciate it. Um, we have, and you're absolutely right. Like we can't go out there and help the community if we're not feeling right ourselves. Yeah. And so we do talk a lot about that um, in CIT as well as department wide. And our department has really taken progressive steps in the last, I'd say, five to 10 years um, to provide help for officers because we do, we're out there seeing atrocious things. You know, we're seeing things that people do to each other to hurt each other. And, you know, it, it certainly wears you down. Um, actually, I'm wearing, a, I am on the peer support team. Um, it's upside down. <laughs> but um, so we have a team uh, called the peer support team. We're not mental health professionals. We're just fellow cops. Um, but the law gives us authority to have confidential conversations with fellow police officers um, to have to have be a sounding board for them and a safe place to talk about what they're going through and then connect them to other resources. But the, one of the most phenomenal things the department has is something called the wellness and resiliency unit. Uh, yeah. Unit. And it's actually for public safety. So they've got, I think five or six behavioral therapists now for free to meet with police, fire, sheriffs and the adult detention center. So we're doing what we can. We can't help our community if we're like not in a good, good space. So we, they've really pushed that and it's, it's awesome. What do you do to help your own mental health? I, um, I really try to maintain my close friendships, um, especially with those who aren't in law enforcement to, to remind me of the bigger picture. You know, we, we see a very small percentage of people who are having, like you said, the worst day of their life. And so if you don't have that balance um, to see really good things and, and be around good and, and happy people, um, you know, you can certainly get down um, a, a, a dark path. So uh, maintaining my personal friendships and I love to go to the movies. I'm a huge movie buff. I'm always commenting on movies. So for me, that is, that's my big stress relief is getting to go shut my mind off and get lost in a really good movie. 